0: Ten minutes to go, and
1: it could yet be a celebratory night in the Potteries. Hello and welcome to episode twenty-five of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. My name is David Cowleshaw, and I'm joined by Ben Cartwright.
0: Hello, good afternoon, good evening. How are you?
1: I'm very well, Ben, how are you?
0: Yeah, never better. Never better.
1: And it's an especially good time for all of us because the international break is nearly over and we have a Stoke game to look forward to. Hooray. Hooray. That was not a convincing hooray. <laughs> no, I'm very excited. I am very excited I was
0: just thinking about the England the England game that is about to begin after we record this podcast and and I think that sort of Entered into my thoughts at the uh, at the at the wrong time. We
1: could just do this podcast for an hour and a half and just avoid the England game entirely. <laughs> I
0: think I think people would genuinely find that more interesting than um, what is going to happen at Wembley tonight. I would not be surprised. We're saying this bef- before the game, and it's going to end up in a to be a four-three thriller with an Adam Lallana hat trick or something. Um, we'll see. We hopefully, dream for England.
1: Anyway. A uh, bit of housekeeping before we talk about our upcoming fixture against Bournemouth. We're doing a show in Salford uh, in two days' time. It's going to be an FA Cup special. Uh, it's an especially special episode uh, for the Wizards of Drivel because not only is it our first episode in a studio environment, we're going to learn how to, you know, do a professional podcast. Hopefully. But it's the first time we're actually going to meet in person, uh, me, Chris and Ben this is. So it could be, could be slightly weird for all of us not talking into uh, just a screen. But anyway, very exciting. So if you've got any memories from our 2011 FA Cup run, please tweet us uh, at Wizards of Drivel or email podcast at gmail.com.
0: I feel like if you don't have any memories of, of that FA Cup run, then you pro- you might need to get yourself down to a doctor or something. Cause or just buy the pretty DVD significant or something. in Stoke history.
1: <laughs> anyway. Or that. Bournemouth. Now, I don't have many strong opinions on Bournemouth, so uh, we're going to do well to uh, ease 15 minutes or maybe more of chat out of this. Uh, after the break, we'll have a conversation with a Bournemouth fan. I suppose the big question from the Stoke point of view going into this game, Ben, is what to do about the midfield. We have an injury to Glenn Whelan. We don't know if Cameron's going to be back. What do we do?
0: That is the huge question. I just wanted to actually add, before we get on to discussions about who should play, about Whelan getting injured and the reaction to to that injury. I mean, obviously on the podcast the last few weeks, we have been talking about his position in the team and the fact that we maybe don't think that he should be starting in the team but when a player gets injured I'm not one to celebrate and I know a lot of people I like were celebrating um, Whelan's injury and it's not like I know Whelan I'm not like saying oh it's so disrespectful to him but I just find it a bit of a strange thing for me to say I would never do that myself I don't think I'd ever do it really for even an opposition team player maybe that's just me being too liberal or something. but I mean, I I was thinking about it earlier and I was like, well, a lot of people listening to podcasts probably don't agree with a lot of things I say. They're probably celebrating themselves when I'm not on the podcast. So, I mean, if my voice was to go, (laughs) if my voice was to go for six weeks, I hope people wouldn't be celebrating in the streets that I wasn't gonna be on the podcast for the next six weeks. But who knows, maybe you are. Maybe you should tweet me that and let me know if you'd be celebrating if I wouldn't be on the podcast. Don't know what I've just let myself in for there, but yeah, I, I know I, I, I immediately regret that. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll move on to the sort of the the question that you did ask me, not the sort of random rant that I've just gone on um, about who should start. And I think it has to be Bojan. Um, Is one of those times when he came on as a sub against West Ham, and I mean I always want Bojan to score. Who doesn't want? Bojan to score every time he plays, but that specific moment I was like, "Bo, Bo, this is your moment. You have to score to give yourself a chance of playing in the next few games." Because it'd be quite easy if he, if Hughes was to bring on Bojan and he has one of those ineffectual games or appearances that he can have, um, and that would be a great shame because then Hughes has the sort of the reasoning to drop him for a, for a while. But he scored a goal, um, so I, I would love to see Bojan being brought in in the number 10 position, then Allen getting dropped back, which I know is an opinion that a lot of people hold.
1: Yeah, I think um, I hate to use, I hate to assume there's a consensus among Stoke fans, but it does seem to me like most people want Bojan in the number 10 position, Allen slightly further back with Cameron or Charlie Adam, maybe if Cameron's not fit. In terms of Bournemouth then, Who on their team strikes you as someone who could uh, cause a bit of damage for us? Or is it the case with Bournemouth that collectively uh, they're a force, but maybe they don't have enough individual quality to frighten us?
0: I think Bournemouth, it's funny that you bring that point up about the the, the team collective, because... I was watching I think it was match of the day the other week the last match of the day and and Bournemouth came on and I thought to myself if there was a team in the Premier League that I literally know like the least amount of players like well I think it's Bournemouth I think they have a lot of players that are just a bit sort of met that like, they, they don't sort of shout out at you obviously they've got Jack Wilshere um, with his Arsenal history at the Bet365 stadium he'll probably do absolutely nothing which is great um, and then a player that I'm a big fan of I think he'd he'd be amazing at Stoke. I mean he he'd add to the sort of plethora of mid, central midfielders that we have. and um, would be Harry Arter. I think he's one to look out for. I think he's got a he's got a fantastic left peg. Um I'm assuming he's fit. I haven't seen anything about him being not fit um but yeah I think he's sort of one to watch out for. I know that he came from from non-league football. He's one of those. So I think on the day if Stoke sort of allow him to. He's definitely one of those players that could, could control the game potentially. But I, I think you make a very good point in saying that Bournemouth are very much a team about a sort of well, the, about the team, about the team collective.
1: Uh, one player they do have hasn't been getting in the team recently is Mark Wilson. Uh, what do you imagine the reception for uh, our and 12 will be like?
0: I think I think there will be sections of the of the crowd that will sort of voice their discontent at sort of the way it happened. He obviously wanted to leave the club, um, and he got himself that that way out. Um, but I feel like other sections of the of the crowd just won't really care that much. I mean, he was a very useful player um, for us at several points in his career, but at the time that he did leave, he was one of those players that. We didn't really need there wasn't there was no place for him in the team really. So it was fair enough that he was let go. And the fact that he went about it in a bit of a sort of a a well, a very direct way, I don't think will matter that much to fans. I don't think it should. I think if anything we should be sort of applauding him for a for a decent time at Stoke. We don't we don't have many players that sort of they they have their career at Stoke and then move on at the right time. I've said it a lot of times before that we're holding on to players for a bit too long and Mark Wilson is not one of them. I think he he played for us as long as he should have done and then he was let go and that, that should happen that way.
1: So yeah, Bournemouth, decent well, decent outfit, but I think we're definitely targeting a win. We're, we're on this run of uh, win games and we've done very well recently. Uh, so we've got both Watford and Burnley. I I sort of asked this a couple of shows ago about how many points can we realistically expect? And we said nine would be fantastic and achievable, but probably too much to ask. Do we what kind of points total out of these three games would would satisfy you?
0: I think we have to be looking for for two wins at least, so six points minimum. Um hopefully unbeaten, keep the unbeaten run going on. Like There's no reason why we can't go through the next three games without without losing. Uh, So, yeah, it has to be at least six points for me. And then we've got a tough Christmas break, but then obviously we play our, our best football now at the Christmas break. I'm just literally judging it from last year. So we'll see what happens. Maybe this unbeaten streak will just run for the whole of the season.
1: Are you looking forward to the game on Saturday?
2: Yeah, I am, but I am a bit uh, pessimistic about it, to be honest, with our recent run of fall. Um, losing to uh, Middlesbrough and Sunderland doesn't really put us in the best of shape.
1: Yeah, um, the Sunderland one came as a bit of a surprise to us. Um, do you, Do you reckon you've got the players to... Upset us though, um, because everyone seems to be continually impressed in the media by Eddie Howe and his team, and kind of the the way of football, uh, the the style of football that you've got going there. Sorry. Um, do you think you can come and spring a surprise? Um,
2: it really depends what Bournemouth turns up to, be honest. Because we have days where we, if we play well, we can match. With- pretty much any side in the league bar the top four like we we've drew nil-nil with Tottenham at home and arguably could have won it if they had a player sent off we beat Everton at home 1-0 it's just our away form has been awful It's a complete contrast the last season but Stoke did do the double over its last season and although on paper they're not a team which is in in the top echelons of the league they did nullify us, especially at home. And we, do, we did struggle to break you down. And on the counter-attack, you, you caught us. And Walter scored. Or you assisted Hossaloo. And I think that could be a problem for us. Especially now you've got Boney, who's a physical lad. And we don't really cope well with physicality.
1: In terms of the uh, players you've got, um, I think Callum Wilson's uh, available, isn't he? Because it was in this. Game. I'm not
2: sure because he, he he did miss the Sunderland game and he tweeted before that game to, like something about his injuries now is a uh, roller coaster ride and stuff and it's it could be a psychological thing as well coming back from injury and any sort of not not wanting to really play. Whereas a player who hasn't suffered a long-term injury might think, "Yeah, I can play through this." So, um, in
1: terms of your in terms of your team, then, um, what what kind of players should Stoke fans be kind of concerned about? Uh, who who are the leading lights in your team?
2: Well, I'd say our best performers this season have probably been. Harry Arter in midfield, who's tenacious and his pressing is unbelievable at times, and he, he really does put himself about. He could add more goals to his game, but he's one to watch. Our fullbacks, and I think it's well documented, we play a lot down down the flanks with our wingers coming inside, and then the fullbacks on the overlap. Adam Smith and Charlie Daniels. So I think Adam Smith is one to watch. Callum Wilson, if he's playing, he will cause problems because he'll run the channels and he is a goal threat and a name which has been around a lot and pro- he's probably underrated by a lot of football fans and that's Junior Stanislas and he's really come of age this season. He's uh, he scored I think three goals and three assists in the games he, he has started so he's uh, improving and then there's, uh, there's the obvious Jack Wilshire who's got, he's probably our best player and although he, I don't think he scored or had an assist yet, he's hit the post three times. Um, and he's, you can tell by watching him, he's got genuine quality.
1: Okay. Uh, conversely, then, uh, which Stoke players uh, worry you?
2: It it really does depend who plays because you do rotate a little bit. But Joe Allen seems to be in a uh, good uh, good run of form. Wilfred Boney, like I mentioned before, physicality, and you just have to watch the goal against Sunderland where Anitravi has uh, pinned Francis and he just dived in, Anitravi's just held, held him off and slotted in to the top corner. And you've got the likes of at last season when I was at your place, just watching him live. It, he You could just tell he's got quality. Jadan Jacquieri, if he plays, but I do think. Uh, if he's fit, because I get the how he played against us last season. Jonathan Walters in the t- both games, home and away, he really did cause us problems. So, if he does play, I'd be concerned about him because he did he did really cause us problems last season.
1: Yeah, um, I think the game at the Britannia we were perhaps quite maybe fortunate to win. Um, we we came from behind in that game, uh, but. I think the game away at uh, Dean Court was probably one of our better performances of the season. Really, there weren't too many standout games from our point of view, but that would definitely uh, be up there. Uh, go, your manager uh, Eddie Howe, um, I mentioned before, he's got a load of plaudits from all quarters, and his name was touted for the England job, uh, sort of before Allardyce and after Allardyce uh, left. And it looks like mm. Gareth Southgate's going to maybe retain the England job now. Are, are you worried about how going to England in the short term? Um, it's funny, actually, because a guy
2: uh, in pre-season, I went to the Portsmouth friendly and he, he was mentioning how Eddie Howe was linked to the England job and how Sam Allardyce was likely to get it. Or he might have just got it at the time. And, and he he's like, oh, you should be relieved now. And to an extent, yes, but... If you look at the situation at Arsenal, I'm not saying he's going to get the job, but Wenger's got one year this season left on his contract, and Arsenal are a club for longevity, and Eddie Howe's never really had the chance at a big club. He, he did uh, go to Burnley for a little stint, but and he wasn't that successful, but extenuating st- circumstances, etc. But he might be a candidate for that job. I can't see him going to England, and he has come out on record and said he has got... a uh, he, he owes the players he's just signed we've signed a lot of young players so he has said that he owes them uh, his future but if a job like Arsenal comes along and there's no big name managers out of a job currently then he could be considered for that job so potentially it is good that Southgate's going to get the England job but you never know
1: In terms of uh, the game on Saturday then do you anticipate uh, much of an away following? Because I, I imagine one of the uh, downsides of supporting Bournemouth is you are on the south coast. You are some distance away from hell of a lot of teams. What, what is your away following like generally?
2: Generally, is really good. Um, we do take quite a lot of people. Like we took eleven hundred to Millsborough last uh, last away game, which was a good following because it's in the distance. I think we've sold out your game. I think we have the lower allocation though, which is 1,200, but we have sold that out. So, what uh, the club have taken, we have took it up, so we should have a good following. And our, our away sport is generally really good, singing-wise, etc. the atmosphere.
1: Okay, and what's the uh, ambition for for Bournemouth this season? Is it survival again or are you maybe even looking a bit higher than survival? Do you see yourself as kind of a mid-table team now?
2: See that's the difficult point and that's why the Premier League's just so ruthless because we're going through a stage where you're beating Everton at home, you're drawing with Tottenham and then you've got two games, Middlesbrough and Sunderland. If you win those games you're going to be in the top half. We were 10th going into those games on 12 points as, as fans you're looking at and thinking yeah we could finish around maybe 12th position in the league and and push on because we finished 16th last season but then you go and get those results and see mistakes happening which occurred occurred last season you're thinking are these group of players can they only take you so far because a lot of them have come from league one so survival is the main aim but Anyone at the club, any any fan, wants an improvement. Even if we finish 16th, if we improve on points, it's, an, it's still an improvement.
1: One player you do have in your ranks, of course, is Mark Wilson, who uh, left Stoke under. A bit of a cloud, unfortunately. He'd, he'd been a really important part of Tony Pulis' team in particular and played a lot of games for us. But he, he left uh, with a bit of a <coughs> Twitter rant maybe too strong a word but a bit of a moan about uh, training under Mark Hughes H- how has he got on at Bournemouth because I don't see him in many starting 11's at the moment
2: he generally doesn't make the squad if I'm being honest he. I did watch him in the home cup game against Preston and he did get hooked at half time because he, he really was playing <laughs> as if he'd been out for a long time because I know he did have a crucial lig- ligament injury Yeah, he but did, Yeah. he he hasn't had a chance so it's not fair to judge him but just based on that 45 minutes and obviously Eddie Howe hasn't picked him for the squad like I I might have picked him once for the C18 but he's nowhere near at the moment anyway
1: Okay. Uh, thank you for joining us Jamie, just before you go uh, could we have a score prediction from you?
2: Oh my heart's telling me a one-all draw but my head's telling me that you're going to win
1: it. Okay, uh, that's a very good way to end. Uh, th- thank you very much, Jamie. All Stay right, no worries.
2: Up. Thank you. Bye.
1: See ya.